With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head on over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash WinBet. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 225, going out to the Philadelphia Phillies. Anytime my co-host does not have uh, an idea of who I can send an episode out to, it's going to go out to the Phillies, who beat his beloved Braves and punched a ticket to the NLCS, I believe we're up to now, right? Yes, the championship series. So this goes out to the Phillies. And I would be your host. This is not a baseball podcast. You are listening to the MMA Gambling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Chalksbox. We have a one of our regional card episodes for you here. LFA 145 is going down this Friday. It's got a funny name in the main event. So I think that's why Gumby wants to do it. So uh, Gumby's going to give you picks for that uh, after he killed LFA last weekend, which we'll, we'll probably dive into as well. Just to let you know, he, he's legit, this Gumby guy. Um, let's bring him in now after I've... Uh, I've uh, Opened a old wound of his that he's probably still healing from uh, the Braves losing, but that that'll uh, teach him for being a uh, Boston Bruins fan. So now now he can cheer his beloved Bruins on. Now he doesn't have to worry about baseball. Let's bring in Danny V, aka Gumby Vreeland. Hello, two two and zero oh, Boston Bruins. By oh, the way. first uh, place. <laughs> Montreal was in first place after the first game, and then they lost two straight. So yeah, um, yeah, I would say. You know, it's a real bummer to lose to Philly. It's always a bummer to lose to Philly. But I will say, if we weren't coming off of a year where we won the World Series, I'd probably be in a much darker place than I am right now. <laughs> yeah, Because uh, so. we went, uh, what was it, 30-something years, uh, almost 30 years before winning. No, more than 30 years uh, in between winning championships. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll take I'll take one in 2021, and then uh, as long as we win one before another three decades is up, I'll be happy. Well, you, you're you're not picking then, are you? I'm not picking. I just want one title every less than every 30 years. <laughs> okay, he's not asking much, Braves. Not asking much. Um, all right. As I said, we're gonna dive into some LFA uh, coming up this week. Uh, maybe we'll recap the weekend, last weekend's picks. I take it you don't want to talk about KSW, Dan. No, I I, I can talk about KSW. I'll, I'll do the – I always have a little recap for you guys right. uh, if you want. How did um, you do on KSW, Dan? So technically I went one in three, although <laughs> I will say KSW as an organization uh, disagrees with that ranking. Um, So yeah. in, in the main event, I took Damian Saziak. Uh, plus 138. He lost a split decision to a tough up-and-comer. Um, so again, losing a split decision in a, a big main event uh, with an underdog play, I don't mind so much. In the co-main event, I took Michael Martinek or M- Mikal Martinek over Damiel An- Anchuk. And this is the one that uh, that KSW took issue with because 
first of all, he clearly won at least two out of the three rounds. And two judges had it 30-27 for Omil Anchuk, uh, which is weird. Or no, it was 29-28 for Omil Anchuk. Both of them had it. Um, and it's weird because there's no two rounds you could give that dude in watching that fight. I didn't watch it live, but then everybody was like, dude, Martina got robbed. So I went back and watched it. No chance that Omil Anchuk won too. So much so, KSW has now paid uh, Martinek his win bonus on top of that. And have launched an investigation into the two judges who scored it for Omil Anchuk because it was so egregious that they need to know why it happened. Um, so yes, that's a loss that put me at one and three instead of two and two, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I had Adam Soldev at negative 450. He looks like a negative 450 favorite in there. I had Jan Laiete, who only got to fight for like a couple minutes before he poked Adrian Grolic in the eye really badly, and the fight got stopped there. And then I lost with a negative 549 favorite who took the weirdest front kick to the face, Thomas Narkin, former light heavyweight champ of KSW, lost to Luis Henrique da Silva with just a bizarre knockout. Find a clip of it if you can't, because it's yeah, like a it. it's like a not very athletic guy throwing a front kick for a knockout, which is wild, right? Like, it, it was really yeah. weird. So I, I'll take the loss on that one. But uh, the Martinez one stings, because I thought I had it for sure uh, when I rewatched it. And, and it's just, uh, that would have led me two and two and would have looked a little bit better on paper. Yep, it would have, but that's in the past. Well, we're going to talk about LFA 144, which went down the next night. That was this, was that Saturday or Friday? No, it was Friday too. So they were they were Friday. both Fridays, but the yeah. the KSW one was early. I think it started right. at like 1 p.m. Eastern time because it was over in Poland. And yeah, LFA went much better for me after losing the opener. Lost the opener of Jacoby Jones beat Christian Turner. Turner was one plus uh, plus 155 underdog uh he looked really good in the first round and then uh similar to the beverly hills ninja who jeff picked last week uh <laughs> he just tired out and didn't have it in the second round it was a real like you know young prospect looking loss for turner so uh again not a not a great one but uh one loss and then rattled off four in a row yuma horuchi plus 110 looked great against juan puerto although he was maybe losing that fight until he pulled it out at the end. Christian Natividad, negative 400 favorite, looked like a negative 400 favorite. Jordan Heiderman somehow was negative only, only negative 225 uh, against Daquan Buckley. He could have been negative 800, and that would have been a reasonable line. And then Gafaroff, uh, Maureen Gafaroff, uh, negative 145 over Diego Silva. Great spinning heel kick to the liver, KO. So, Four straight wins there to end the night, and uh, that was that was a good one. That's a good four and oh, or four and one night. Yep, very good, very good night for the Gumby. He was up one hundred forty eight dollars and forty one cents over those five fights, and he's going to do the same this week for LFA one forty five, right? Yeah, although I will say a little bit of a bummer on this one because usually when we go to tape LFA shows, their odds are out super early. Yep. But I don't I don't know if the books are just taking so much action on two uh, UFC two eighty that they like don't want to get into like regional promotions this week so much because I haven't seen any odds yet on LFA. Oh, I have not either. Uh, they should, they should know that we're going to cover it and people are going to bet on it once they hear our podcast. So they should be getting odds they, up there. They, they should be listening. Yep. We're going to get you picks. Uh, nonetheless, and Gumby is going to, he's usually pretty good at guessing the odds on these fights. Are you good at guessing LFA odds? 
I usually am pretty good, but there are some ones that are going to be a little tricky here. Oh, interesting. Let's uh, dive into it after I tell you about WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers are about $100, get $100 free back. Plus, WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day, where you can get 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Look and join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club. Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet, odds-wise, gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, or actually, it was a few weeks ago, because I read this last week already. Someone, anyhow, someone recently turned $6 into $4,000, plus they got a free $1,000 bet. WinBet is truly hashtag digens only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Off to LFA, 145. Assis, Assis versus Murray. Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, UFC Fight Pass. Where's this one going down? The Oshkosh Arena in Oshkosh, <laughs> Wisconsin. Awesome. It's in a cage, sadly. 11 fights, but we're going to break down the top five on the on the night, I believe. Yes. One, two, three, four, five. Let's start with Lightweights. Keegan Genrich versus Jake Kozorowski. As I said, Lightweights. Uh, let's tell you about Genrich first. Machine Gun Genrich. Four and two. One knock at one submission. He's been submitted one time. He's one and one in LFA. Do not know his age. Um, he's a man of mystery. He's two inches taller than Kozorowski. Don't have odds, as we said off the top. Kozorowski's five and two, one knockout, one submission. He knocked out once, submitted once. He's 0 and 1 in LFA. He's not fought since September of 2021. He is a regional champ. I don't have reach info for him. So there's lots of gaps in the research here, unfortunately. And I don't have odds as well. So we're going in kind of blind, but Gummy probably has seen the, all, every one of these guys' fights and he can tell you all about them. I've seen a bunch of them. Uh, I, I'm going to say Keegan Genrich here is probably betting off at like negative 165. I, th- I think this line is going to come in pretty close to even, but Genrich will be a slight favorite. And for me, the interesting thing is like, is that Genrich is a, he's a grappler. He's a guy who much prefers to be on the ground. And when he throws his hands, he leans forward, like really far, uh, kind of leaving his chin out there. But the thing about Kozorowski is that he's just not the type of guy to take advantage of that. He's He also is kind of sloppy on the fee, very clearly would rather wrestle. His last fight was actually against Lucas Clay, which is of note. Like, Lucas Clay is pretty good. He got Lucas Clay down in the first round, didn't do very much with it, and then looked utterly exhausted in the second round. Um, so for that reason, I, I'm taking Genrich. I, I'm taking him in as a slight, if he's a slight favorite. If he becomes too big of a favorite, I'd probably worry about betting anything on him. But I, I think here he's going to be the better grappler. I think he's got good chokes. And I think if Kozorowski is tired at all in that second round, you're going to see Genrich slap one on in the second or the third. Slap one on. All right, give us a betting range then, a safe betting range that you would play him at. You know, I think anything under, uh, let, let's say anything under negative 200, I would say he's playable at. If he yeah. starts getting much higher than negative 200, I, I don't want any piece of that because, like I said, he, he kind of leaves his chin out there. Kozorowski, like I said, not a sharp gr- striker, but at the same time, I'm I'm not taking somebody who's kind of sloppy in the striking department at, like, negative 250 or something like that. So, yeah, if he stays under 200, I mean, if he's anywhere near even, he's, a, like, a really good value bet. But apart from that, yeah, I would, I'd play him in the high 100s. All right, there you go. 
Gumby has spoken. Moving on to dropping down to flyweights. Tyus White versus Miguel Sanson. Uh, tell you about White first. White Mamba is the nickname. He's <laughs> there, There's more than one of those floating around, isn't there? I think so, yeah. I feel like we just broke down a white mamba or something like that a yep. few weeks ago. And it was not a Tyus it was not a Tyus white white mamba, was it? It was not, I don't believe. No. <laughs> All right. Uh White is five and one, one knockout, three submissions, one and one in LFA. Used to fight at Bantam weight, two inches taller than Sanson. Sanson's three and oh with a knockout, three and oh in LFA. All of his fights have been in LFA. Two two years younger than White, don't have reach info on him, unfortunately. And that's all I can tell you for now. I've not seen these guys, but I'm sure Gumby has. Yeah, Sanson is uh, Sanson's going to come in here as a massive favorite. I think, you know, like negative 400 or higher. Um, yeah, like he's going to be a big favorite. It's because he's really quick and he's a good wrestler. Um, you know, like I actually think he's a better wrestler than, than Tyus White. He's probably a little bit sharper on the feet, too. But here's the thing. I'm going to uh, I'm going to take a stab here at Tyus White. Um, I, I think he's going to be like a plus 375 underdog. And I think if you're looking for like kind of a fun underdog play for this card, I think Tyus White is that underdog play because while Sanson is a better wrestler, he's quicker. He's probably a better striker too. He's one of those guys who like without fail with like two minutes to go in the round shoots a takedown, or at least in the couple of fights I've seen with him, he does. And it doesn't matter if he's closed the range or not. Sometimes he shoots from really far away. And the thing about Tyus White is while he's really slow on the feet, he's really long. He's like a really tall guy. Although then again, Sansa is as well. He's really tall and he's got good management of distance and he's got good like chokes. Like his darts choke is really good because his arms are so long and stuff like that. So I'm going to say if Sansa does that just like blind, I'm going to shoot a takedown. I think Tyus White's jujitsu can kind of take over in a way that that Sansa's not expecting. So He's going to be a massive underdog. I know that this is a big shot in the dark, but at the same time, I think Tyus White is kind of a fun pick here. Wow. It's a big, well, who knows what the odds will be. There's no chance it's going to be closer than this, is it? I, I would say not. If, if Sanson shows up anywhere near even, or like, again, like I said with Genrich, if he's under negative 200, like he's probably playable too, but I think he's going to be one of those like massive LFA loves this dude prospects. And I think he's kind of due for a prospect loss here against the guy with good jujitsu. All right. You've been told get, as soon as your book allows it, bet these fights uh, or bet that fight at the very least. All right. We're going to stay with flyweights. Where we're switching genders. We're going to the female side. Olivia B. Scow versus Jenna Bishop. Uh, three rounds, five minutes each. Uh, B. Scow. Am I saying that right, Dan? Is it B. Scow? I think it's, yeah, I think it's B. Scow. This cow. That's but I don't. I don't actually know. To be fair, <laughs> she's one and one. Never been finished in a fight. This will be her debut in LFA. She did lose her last fight. Used to fight at strawweight. Her age is um, in uh, undetermined at this point, and you're not never allowed to ask a lady her age. So I, I can't ask her how old she is, and I don't know her reach either. I don't know the rules on asking a lady the reach, but I don't know her reach either. Bishop. 3-0 with the submission. 3-0 in LFA, so it's been top-level stuff. She also is a professional grappler. Lots of grappling uh, fights on her resume. She's an inch taller than Beast Cow. Break her down. So for me, this one, uh, I, I actually know, I've seen Jenna Bishop fight a couple of times. This is another one that like LFA loves the prospect, so you're probably going to see Bishop come in here, negative, let's say negative 300-ish. Um, 
they're they're clearly in on her. They like her. They think she's good. And from what I've seen from her, she's kind of one dimensional at this stage in her career, which makes sense. She's it's pretty new to her career here, but she's kind of one dimensional in that she's really good on the mats. She's got really good jujitsu, but she doesn't have much in the stand up area. And luckily, they found her an opponent who's kind of similar. Uh, Biscow is is a fighter who very much wants this fight on the mat. She telegraphs her takedown attempts, and you know she wants it on the mat. Um, so for me, if this takes place on the feet, Bishop actually might be a slightly better striker. But in addition to that, if it gets down to the ground, I think Bishop's going to be on top because she's more diverse in her takedown attempts. Uh, Bishop uses not just double legs and single legs, but she's got like pretty darn good body locks and stuff like that. Whereas from what I've seen from Biscow, she's like a double leg or nothing. And she doesn't even like she doesn't even chain that double leg together with anything. Like if her double leg fails, she doesn't switch to a single. It's like I shoot a double leg. I get sprawled out on, Oh shit, back it up, try another double leg in another 30 seconds. So I think that that's going to play really well into Bishop's game. I think she's probably going to sprawl out on one of those takedowns and take the back or take a guillotine or something like that because her jujitsu is good. So yeah, I like Bishop here, even with the big number. All right, there you go. Um, Let me tell you about a couple of, more of our sponsors then we will finish off this card fubo tv if you watch football you need fubo tv fubo tv gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with nfl red zone plus games in 4k at no extra charge over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable watching all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based dvr plus there's no contract no commitment and you can cancel it at any time right now you can try fubo tv free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. And finally, last but not least, Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, Dan is looking forward to me saying the next person's name. Malquizal? Costa, how's are, that? Melkezal, yeah. Melkezal, fine. I, I was close. Melkezal Costa versus William Starks, co-main event, lightweights, three five-minute rounds. Um, Costa nicknames are Melk and Kout. So there you go. Uh, he is eighteen and five, six knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Oh, one in LFA. He will be stepping in here on short notice. This is very short notice, right? Less than a week or around a week. So I think I've said this before when we're talking about LFA, like we found out about it a week ago, but it seems like right. LFA saves all of their card changes for one day. So like okay. when, when it when they first announce the card, they don't say anything about the card after they first announce it. Like that's the card. It's in place. And then sometime around a week before the event starts or like 10 days before the event, they're like, hey, updates to the card. And they give you all of the updates at once. And I assume they didn't all happen last week. Um, and in this case, I think it was just Costa coming in here, but like, I think the fighters might know earlier than that. Okay. Gotcha. Um, what else can I tell you about him? He's won six of his last seven. Uh, won his last five via TKO. He's three years younger than Starks. Starks, however, is soldier of Christ. He's seven and three, one knockout, three submissions, two and one in LFA. 
Won three of his last four. Did lose his last fight, though. Uh, used to fight at welterweight. He's got an inch of height and an inch of reach on Costa. And Dan's going to tell you more info right now. Yeah, so this one's hard to line because it did just come up. I- I'm going to say that Costa winds up coming in right around even money here. He might be more than that, but but Starks is a guy who's fought in LFA a bunch of times. He fought for UAE Warriors. He's, like, kind of well-known. And Costa, you know, Costa's been around as well, but he only fought in LFA once. He lost a decision in that fight. And apart from that, he's mostly been, like, a, a you know, guy who's fought in, in Brazil a whole bunch of times. So I am going to pick Costa here. I actually think he has a lot of advantages over Stark. And the one thing that I think is the most telling is that, like, if you go back and look at William Stark's fights, it's pretty clear he wants to wrestle. He wants to get this to the mat. He wants to put you against the cage and grind you out. And in his last fight, he got fought a guy named Glacio Alizaro. And, like, that guy, it fights kind of like Costa. Uh, both of them, you know, good kicks, light on their feet, somewhere in between a tie and a karate look to them. Maybe it's Taekwondo. Maybe that's the combination of the two. But they, they've got kind of like, you know, they flick their kicks out there. They're really light on their feet. They, you know, they look way more polished on the, with the feet than they do in the clinch. And like they get out of the clinch really quickly. And that really caused a lot of problems for Starks. Starks like kept trying to close the distance on Elizario and he just couldn't, and he couldn't get in, he couldn't get his takedowns going. And he's just not as good of a striker uh, as cost is. So if this stays on the feet, like I think it is, I think Costa is going to give him a lot of trouble, and I think he's just going to dance around and beat him that way. So I would say that he's going to come in here at even. Uh, the fact that it's a late replacement fight, I think, plays into that. If they don't play that into there, like if this was just the fight all along, Costa might have come in as a slight favorite. Uh, but th- this one's going to be the one where if I miss the line, th- this is the one I miss the worst. Okay, but you are picking Costa nonetheless. Yes, is there a range correct. you pick him at? I mean, I think I would, uh, similar to Genrich, and I don't want to keep making this the cutoff. I think I'd bet him all the way up to almost negative 200, maybe a little less confident here because Starks does have that wrestling background. And if he isn't able to stop the the takedown, he's going to look real bad. But I think I'd take him up to almost negative 200 again. All right. Um, main event time, everybody. It is a 205-pound light heavyweight fight that will make it. Bruno Assis. Versus Jesse Murray, three rounds, five minutes. Assis Brunel is the nickname. Brunel, Brunel, Dan. Oh, is that? I don't know that nickname. B R U N A O. Oh, that just means that just means Big Bruno. Yes, that's him. Big Bruno. Uh, He's twelve and six, one knockout, eight submissions. He's been knocked out five times. One and one in LFA. Uh, He's won three of his last four. And three of his last six as well. Uh, lost his last fight via knockout. Oh, one in the contender series. Do you remember who he got beat by, Dan? Yeah, he got beat by. I remember who he got beat by. Oh, it was Andre Muniz. It was the Brazilian was. contender series. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I don't remember until you tell them to say the name, then it triggers it. All right. Used to fight at middleweight, was a Titan FC champion. Also done some pro karate fighting. Uh, Murray's nine and four, one knockout, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times, so that is the only way he's lost. This is his LFA debut. He was 0-1 on the contender series, and he lost to 
Let's see. He lost to oh Kai Bohio, who we're going to talk yes. about this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then we just we just spoke of him on uh, last podcast. Um, all right, where was his? Here he is. Uh, he's won four of his last five. Won his last fight. Was a regional champion. He's fight at middleweight as well. Got an inch of reach on Assis. Go ahead. Yeah. So Assis just got knocked out somewhat recently um, yep. by Ozzy Diaz, who uh, is the guy who was just on Contender Series and got knocked out by Joe Pfeiffer. Um, so like Assis is is been fighting really good dudes. Uh, not that Jesse Murray didn't fight a good dude in Kaibo, Ohio, but apart from that, he's fought a little bit lesser talent. And Assis does seem to be a guy who can get his chin touched. Um, and I, I worry a little bit about that as far as moving forward. He's been knocked out by uh, Aaron Jeffrey, too, um, who is a uh, really good one. And he was knocked out by, if you want to go way back, Paulo Costa. Um, so he's been knocked out by some dudes. But at that same time, he's fighting Jesse Murray, a guy who is pretty much just a wrestler. And the worst part about his, like, I don't even know if it's a base, but his wrestling tendencies is that he typically does not move forward very well. He's really easy to scare and to put back um, on his heels. So while Assis like might have some gaps in his like defensive striking, I think Murray is going to just not pressure enough to really take advantage of that. So I- I'm going to say Assis wins here. I also forgot to mention, I think Assis will probably be like a negative 225 favorite. Um probably a little bit more than than we were talking with some of those other people like Genrich, but like he he's good. He's got a good stylistic matchup here. He's fought the tougher competition. And I think the books will respect that at like negative two twenty five. I'd say he's like good to bet all the way up to negative two seventy five and a little bit higher than that. I wouldn't hate putting him in a parlay. Um so if or you had parlay. like yeah, if you had him at like negative 325 and wanted to squeeze him and Jenna Bishop into a parlay, like that might work. Um, but hopefully he's down at the bottom of the twos like I think he'll be because that's really playable, um, especially against Jesse Murray, who I think, you know, just kind of doesn't have a lot for him. You don't think you're betting a heavy favorite coming off being knocked out? You're fine with that? Yeah, but I, I'm. it's a heavy favorite coming off a knockout against the guy who doesn't really knock anybody out. Right? Like yeah, Jesse, Mur- Jesse Murray is like uh, the wins he has by stoppage are like, you know, he's got an Ezekiel he's got choke. Yeah, he's got an Ezekiel choke and a rear naked choke. And he's got like a, a punch all the way back in 2017. And apart from that, it's like mostly KOs. And if, if you want to go back to his like amateur career too, it's a lot of like grounded pound TKOs. So yeah, I, I just in general don't think that Assis is really in danger of that. And I think the way that he pressures is going to make it hard here uh, for Jesse Murray as well. So there you go. There you have it. I'll tell you, I will recap the picks in case you didn't mark them all down. Assis, uh, uh, Costa, Bishop, White, and Genrich. Am I correct? Yep. Those are the five. All right. Beautiful. Um, All right. So that concludes LFA 145. Um, There's been actually a few fairly big UFC fights announced recently. Maybe thinking all, all of qualified out and you can rapidly tell me your thoughts on it how does that sound yeah that sounds good tied to Vasa versus sergey pavlovich december 3rd i think they matched uh Tuivasa up with the uh carbon copy of the guy or the worst kind of style of guy that just beat him um you know he just fought a guy who's like both powerful and 
technically proficient at boxing and they're giving him a guy like that again seems cruel. Oh, do you think Pavlich is going to win? What do you think the line's going to be? I I kind of do think Pavlich is going to win and I don't know what the line's going to be, but I do think Pavlovich is going to win that. Interesting. Keep an eye on that, people. Alexander Gustafsson versus Ovin St. Preux, UFC 282, December 10th. Yeah, wild that these two are, <laughs> are throwing down finally and that this fight hasn't happened three times already. Like, it doesn't this feel like we watched this on, like, UFC on Versus one time? <laughs> oh, I remember those good old days, yes. Uh, Jan Blakovic versus Megamed and Kalev on the same card, UFC 282, December 10th. Clearly a number one contender fight. I like it because you know me. I've kind of been the skeptic of the Ankalaev side for a while. Um, and this will this will be a good tell. Is he ready for the title shot? Very true. Um, what else I got for you? Bum, 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 bum. No. Only ones that really matter. Yuri Prohoshka versus Glover Teixeira 2 on the same fight card, UFC 282. Do we really need to see a rematch of that fight? I think so. The first one was one of the best fights of all time. And Glover was, what, 30 seconds away from retaining his title? And, and also, I'll say this. I, I don't like the immediate rematch unless it was razor close, which it is. And unless there's like a really in- compelling reason. And right now, there isn't a clear and compelling number one contender. I mean, unless you think that that one of those two guys in the fight that we just talked about is a clear yeah. and compelling contender. And... Who knows? This might be the last time we see Glover Teixeira. So do we want to try to squeeze three fights out of him trying to like battle back up the rankings? Or do we want to see him just like fight once more and maybe sail off into the sunset? Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, Derek Brunson versus Jack Hermanson on the December 3rd card. Good fight uh, with dudes who have showed that they can beat anybody and lose to anybody. (laughs) How about Emily Ducott versus Angela Hill, same card. Uh, I am a believer of Emily Ducat, uh, yep. and so I'll be interested to see what she does again against a little bit of a step up because she just beat Penne. I want to say that Angela Hill's a little bit better there, and we'll see whether or not this is the uh, the the prospect loss type fight for Ducat. All right, there you go. Sounds good to me. That's all I got for you. Um, all right, thank you for listening. We will be back on Wednesday. We'll break down the pre- the prelim portion of this week's pay per view. C two eighty. Then Thursday will be the main card portion, the, the stacked stacked pay-per-view. So definitely don't miss those episodes and get those LFA picks uh, bets in as soon as you can. And get in our Discord and watch LFA and talk about it with us on Friday, sportsgumbypodcast.com slash Discord. Twitter is SGPNMMA. Gumby runs that. His Twitter account is Gumby Reland. Mine is Jeff Fox Writer. His other podcast is Top Turtle MMA Podcast, which will be dropping, what, midweek, we'll say? Uh, it will probably be dropping either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. I have a special guest co-host this week, so uh, oh, it's, really? it's it's uh, it's your, it's your favorite guest co-host who sometimes shows up. So, not me, uh, not me, not not you. Yeah, yeah no, nobody wants to hear more Jeff. So, nope. <laughs> uh, so we got that. Read our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Enter the Pick'em Contest. I will be posting. Uh, actually, probably the time you're listening to this, it already is posted at moneymma.substack.com. Grab a subscription. You can get a free one or a paid one. Um, and I will, you can enter the pick'em contest for this week's UFC 280. That is it. That's all I got for you. We'll be back, like I said, on Wednesday with um, with all our winning picks for the pay-per-view. Until then, I will remain Machine Gun Jeff Fox. He will remain Soldier of Christ, Gumby Vreeland, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. <laughs>